You are listening to the Talking Tough Podcast, the world's toughest men and women at their most vulnerable. Their stories of triumph, their falls from grace, and their climb back to the top, to life. This is Rick Bassman here for Talking Tough on the Podcast One Network. Folks, we're here live on Talking Tough, minus two good-looking bald guys, it's, uh, <laughs> with, with only two great-looking bald guys remaining. Well, one at least was Sean Ray, of course. Um, oh. Butterbean Butter is at the doctors, after-hour doctors. He hurt himself. Boss, <laughs> who is the most solid guy we all know, or I know anyway, just could not make it tonight. So, you know, Sean is Sean's back from a big trip in Hawaii. I'm back from a big one in, in California. Yeah. We can talk about that a bit. Uh, we just thought we'd BS tonight. We don't want to not have a presence. We have a huge announcement next week. Um, we're moving to a big podcast platform. Where we'll have some real marketing assistance and we're going to up the show a big level. So we thought it'd be uh, kind of dumb to just disappear and not do anything. So just to, to have some fun and help move us along. And Sean's a pro at this. You know, I'm finding my way but we've invited another true experienced pro to join us and uh, help us shoot the bull a little bit. All of you know the Two Man Power Trip Podcast Network. A little secret to let you all in on, there are no two men, it's a one-man show. And uh, it's my friend and the guy who's gonna join us right now who does everything, John Paws. What's going on, fellas? How you doing? Welcome to the show, John. Sugar, Rick. So, Sean, hey. I think we should start by putting some real pressure on John to finish what we started before we went live here. What do you well, think? before we beat up on him, I want to brag about my trip, man. I mean, you live in Hawaii, so you rarely talk about it. I don't. Mm-hmm. I get to Hawaii uh, every so often. I missed last week's show because I had a, a big event out there, my fourth uh, NPC and my first IFBB Pro League bodybuilding show. John, you know anything about bodybuilding? Uh, a little bit, not too much, not too experienced. You know something about girls in bikinis? Oh, yeah. Well, we had a lot of that going on. We had uh, figure, wellness, and uh, our uh, women's physique division. So we had three of them. Oh, and our bikini. So figure, wellness, bikini, and um, our women's physique. 142 athletes, 223, including the crossover. So it still remains, even in a pandemic, Hawaii's biggest show. My fourth out of five years putting it on because 2020 was canceled, but we did it for the first time outdoors because it was only October 13th that they announced that they would allow indoor events with over 25 people. But we have to commit to these projects like in April, right? So I chose an outdoor arena because I figured by the time this whole thing rolls around, COVID, was, the numbers would go down. And of course, Hawaii opened up lockdown on two separate occasions. So a lot of money on the line, a lot of comp athletes trying to get in the gyms and train, stop and go and all this other stuff. And suddenly we got the green light, like literally uh, November the 1st. So these athletes uh, sprinting to the finish line and we had it at the outdoor shell. And uh, it was it was the hottest day in Hawaii uh, at this outdoor venue and no shade. In it. Still is. Yeah. yeah. But the, 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 uh, the golden hour, about six o'clock at night, our show was uh, smooth sailing it was outdoors under the lights you know these guys are half naked on the stage and and the, and the weather was perfect and the, you know the sky was clear diamond heads in the, in the background 
Um, nothing but a huge success, but a lot of moving parts from California, getting the trophies out there. Expediters need their hotel rooms and judges need their flights and all this stuff. And you land on the ground and you got registrations. Everybody's calling you for every little minor detail. So I got to tell you, it was over on Saturday. I didn't come home until Monday. So Sunday and Monday uh, was like Zen time for me. And I'm just barely getting my feet under me today. Um, because one thing when you train for a show to compete and then you get to eat all your food, and drink all your wine and, and, and celebrate. But it's another thing when everybody all the way during the show, after she was calling you, hey, did you leave your tarp here? And is it whose bag is this? And hey, did you have this pole over here? And the hotel calling you, uh, did you take care of this room? And did you take care of this bill? And then, hey, you went one hour overtime and it's going to be 1500 bucks here and a thousand bucks there. All these numbers you thought you had in this little box, suddenly they're creeping into your pockets, right? And I'm in California going, holy shit, I can't write any more checks. So I am, I'm pleased to say my hair's not coming back anytime soon. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> so, Sean, I, I know you get mad at me when I look at my cell phone while while we're doing these shows, but I was looking for a reason because while yeah. your show was going on, a old friend of mine texted me this photo. Can you guys see that? Yeah. Oh, that's Lindsay. That's Lindsay. And, Our wellness uh, champion. I heard, you know, so she, yeah, she said that to me, I guess, right as, right after she won. I didn't know she had won yet. She told me later. Here was my uh, here was my response. Um, so that writes right there. Oh my God! For my birthday present, will you marry me? And then I told her I was joking, <laughs> but I was only I was only half joking. Uh, yeah. She looks phenomenal, man. John, John, would you like to see that again? I'll show you again if you want to see it. Yeah, who is that? Who is that? First contest. And I think I went to school with like one of her uncles or something. What's her name? That is awesome. I was I was really Lindsay glad to see that. And uh, I heard from her that that everything was beautifully done. And and Sean, you know, I I'm primarily an event promoter and producer by trade. So yeah. I, I don't think you did. I don't think you did one tenth of justice justice describing how hard it really is. So yeah, hats off to you, man. I, I I know it. I know how hard it is. I heard your show was seamless, so beautifully produced. So congratulations, dude. Good for yeah, you. Yeah, had a good time. and looking forward to going back next year. We're going to move it indoors because when you have the temperature control, you, you keep yourself together a little bit better. But here we were outdoors sweating like you don't even know. And uh, running here, I had to run out to go to an ATM machine, try to find a bank in the middle of my show while it's happening. <laughs> Because the security guards only accept cash and they want their money as soon as it's over. And I'm dealing with a Ticketmaster situation, so I didn't have the cash. It was just, you know, the, the vet, uh, venue was providing us with water. We get there, they don't have any water. My girl's got to go to Costco. It's just sure. So uh, while the athletes uh, appreciated it and got it done, um, it was very stressful. Again, like I said, my hair's not coming back anytime soon. Well, let's, you know, let's go back and forth a little bit on our trips then. Let, let, me, let me give you one now. And then we'll go back to you. This could be fun. And then by the time this hour is over, John, I, I know you think I'm kidding, but I think it'd be amazing if we could get you to finish shaving your head while on the show. <laughs> finish shaving. He started? Well, I don't think that's shaved. I think nature is taking its course. But Yeah, let's, on, shave, on, it let's shave it on the air. Just John, we, we need you in the tribe, man. That's the bottom line. All right. I usually I usually shave it really low, but it's been a few weeks. 
<laughs> All right, cool. So, guys, I got back from 10 days in L.A., or not L.A., Southern California. It was an ungodly long trip, and every day was pretty adventure-filled, and I, obviously I'm not going to bore you with all of it, but yeah. the first part of my trip was producing a birthday party. Now, how do you produce a birthday party, right? A friend of mine uh, named Sean Jacoby, he owns American Icon Autographs. They're the, the top private autograph dealer in the country. Had he a just did something with uh, Steve Austin. His, you probably know Sean, right, Sean? I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He just did the signing with Steve Austin, Stone Cold. He did a huge signing recently with Austin. Yes. So this party's in his backyard. Sean called me a few weeks before and said, I'm having this giant party for, with pro wrestling, named comedians, and Uncle Cracker headlining in my backyard. And he goes, and I'd like to enjoy my own party. So would you come produce it for me? I said, sure. That sounds like fun. I was already planning on going to California. I just went a little bit earlier. And it was, it was surreal and unreal and bizarre. And, and fun and everything uh, imaginable all at the same time. There was a tag team match at the end, if you want to call it a match, five against five, that included the Godfather and Hornswoggle and Mark Coleman and Don Fry and two comedians and God knows who else. And Rich on <laughs> and Psycho Clown. And it was um, it, it was not five star, put it that way, John, as I'm sure you can imagine. But uh, yep. it was a lot of fun. And uh, I, I can tell you this, the end of, here's what the, the night ended with. As you know, people radically mis, misuse the word literally these days. You hear people say, oh, it like literally blew my head off. Well, guys, if it literally blew your head off, you'd have no head. That's what literally right. is. So the party ended at 4 a.m. with me literally carrying a completely unresponsive 280-pound Uncle Cracker to his car in a fireman's carry and depositing him in the back seat. And that was the first of 10 nights on the trip. And it was all downhill or uphill from there, whatever you want to call it. And I saw Liddell was there. Chuck showed up, huh? Chucky. Uh, what's that? I'm sorry? Chuck Liddell showed up? Chuck was there. Yeah, I got a great photo with uh, Chuck Liddell and Mark Coleman and Don Fry all together. I mean, just like true, true OGs of, uh, of mixed martial arts. A, a very sober, very healthy Mark Coleman. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was really, really cool. So made, made some really, what I think become really good new friends there. You yeah. know, what this 10 days was about for me more than anything, it was like social and it was bonding and it was just like a love fest as weird, weird as that may sound for both my birthday parties, for the memorial we had for our friend in Santa Barbara, just was nice time to connect. Because God knows I do. You live, on a, you live on an island, so I imagine you probably have a greater appreciation, too, because you're so far removed from the real world. So far. And, and even I'm, like, removed from even the island life. I mean, I don't see anybody ever. So yeah. that was, yeah, it was nice. It was definitely a good time. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, and, it, like, what I did with my show, and you know how it is. It's kind of a reunion of sorts. And now this being my fourth out of five years there, uh, some of the people that had done my show – we're now there watching my show. Yep. And and some of the guys that uh, had won, my, the guy that won the bodybuilding side, he won it back in 2018. He came back to win it again. Um, so think about that. You take almost three years off and come back and you win it for the second time. So uh, it's interesting being uh, in, in a promoter's role um, because you get to see the fruit of your labor as the athletes kind of grow. But then you also get to hear the athletes on the other side. Hey, I did your show last year. My buddy's doing it this year. And, 
hey, we didn't get to compete last year because it didn't happen, but now we get to enjoy it and we're not dieting, we're gonna watch it. We, you know, you put on such a great show. So all those little nuggets, they start to add up. And when you talk about bonding, like I, I have to stay longer the next time I come because I hit the ground and it was working to put this thing together. And then when it was over, I just needed to exhale for 24 hours. And then I'm at the airport coming home when in fact I should probably stay and go to the gyms because those guys go back to the gym and they're just kind of chilling, showing off their medals and awards. I want to do a little bit of that too. So I might wind up becoming a little bit more ingrained in investing some time over there in Hawaii as I put these shows on. You, you should, man. I mean, you're in Hawaii. You've done all this work. It'd be nice, like you said, to enjoy the fruits of the labor. Stay an extra day. What about yeah. a what about an after party or something of that sort? Is that so, uh, so you know, when I competed, I didn't I didn't mess around with the after parties because typically as a bodybuilder, you want to find a restaurant that's open. And when you come with a large party, you got your friends, your family, and all those stuff, you can't just walk in on a on a Saturday night and find something for a party of ten. It's, it's got to be planned, of course. Right. And, so I had a guy contact me and said, hey, the Alani Hotel, I work at the pool area. We do these parties. I'll get your group in there. So I didn't want to publicize it because Hawaii was still kind of – they weren't 100% loose on the COVID. Right. And, and we're talking to people that, you know, have been captive in this sunshine all day, and then they come back at night. And so I'm trying to get them out, there, out of there by 8 o'clock. And everybody goes to eat. Well, trust me, when, that, when I got done eating, I pretty much just wanted to sleep. I smoked yeah. a car. Right. I mean, I was on my, I didn't sleep the whole time I was there. I'm still kind of re recovering on the sleep deprivation. But the athletes, you know, they were, they've been cooped up for so long. Then you get to the Lolani, for example, and they're checking the Vax card like they're checking, you know, to see like what your blood type is. Well, they're why, so far, it doesn't make it a fun experience just to go into a restaurant, let alone yeah. stand in line to go to a pool party. Hawaii's type right now. But you know what? Think, thinking ahead to 2022, Sean, yeah. as, a, as a Hawaii resident and as an event producer and your new pal and your podcast uh, co-host, allow me to uh, take responsibility for your after party next year. I would love to do that. Yeah, I know people were asking me and I got the, I was getting the text messages and the phone calls. I was sending, I said, go to the Alolani. But the problem is, is when you get there, you're going to have to wait in a line and then you're going to have to literally be strip searched and they want to know your firstborn and, and they want to see your DNA test. So it's like, it didn't sound like a really fun time well, to coordinate well, that. Yeah. Talking for next year. Yeah, that'd be uh, cool. That would, that could be a good time. And then, uh, then I have an excuse to, uh, to see Lindsay also. So perfect. There you go. Yeah, that was the first time I had a lot of first timers win, which was cool because they never competed before and you, go, you come out of nowhere and you win. I mean, it really does take you to the next level. And she looked phenomenal because I saw her in June at just a seminar we did, which is where she made it for mine. She says, how do I find a trainer? And I give her a couple of suggestions. And then I say, you know, I'm, I show up at the show and she looks like she's the winner. <laughs> it's crazy how it works. Was Melissa Santos Pretty in that tournament? A uh, former pro wrestler, was she in that? In in uh, Rick's thing or in my thing? It, no, in your thing. Yeah, I, I don't know the names. Just I mean, it's amateur, so we only had pro men, we had pro class physique. But outside of that, I had so many names on the paper. She may have been. I have no idea. Because I saw who recently, who John? Melissa Santos. I saw her recently. She started doing some bodybuilding and stuff. Oh, nice. you know, Melissa beautiful, actually beautiful was woman. scheduled to be the ring announcer at our party in California, but um, she pulled at the last moment, so we got Todd Kennelly to replace her. He definitely didn't look as good in the dress as Melissa does. Yeah. Um, but yeah. he did a good job. Um, yeah, I wondered. I didn't know Melissa was uh, was bodybuilding. That's 
really cool. She's good people. So, John, who are these guys? Because I don't know. You, you might know. That's from this party. How bizarre is that? Is that like one of the coolest photos ever? That's awesome. Looks like uh, Aerostar. I can't really see, but it looks like Aerostar. Uh, who is that? Bestia 666, wow. it looks like. Yeah, I can't really see. Me- oh, Dra- Dra- uh, Drago, Aerostar, Bestia 666. And maybe Mecha Wolf. Yeah, and Mecha Wolf. Yep. Yep. Good job. And, John Paul. Wow, and Rick Bassman. Uh, yes. Yeah. And Rick that's, that, that's impressive. And uh, ju- just because um, we're all aging, including myself, on my, on my 60th birthday trip, um, you may have said, uh, Sean, I think you were alluding to this photo here. How's that for a crew of, uh, of OGs? Yeah. That's uh, yeah, that's something. Like Chuck looks the same, um, but I can't say the same for me and the hammer and the predator. We're all uh, <laughs> we're all looking a, a tad uh, tad bit older, I would dare say. Yeah, you know when you're with your boys, you can see the the aging process because then you look at the ones that are doing it now, and they look like teenagers. Like you know, I was watching the NBA the other day. I thought I was watching a college basketball game, and it's the NBA. These guys are young enough to be my kid. Yes, it is. Re- I noticed that with pro baseball recently. Yeah. I'm like, am I watching a high school game here? I had yeah. no idea. It's pretty wild, man. Pretty wild. A different, different set of eyes. Hey, I saw uh, – a, a, remember we were talking about these old celebrity boxing matches? Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw the dude Briggs. Uh, God, what's his first name? Briggs. He's Sorry. trying to come out. Briggs. Uh, he was at, he, I don't know if he won the title, but Briggs. The first oh, thing. Shannon, Shannon Briggs. He's trying to fight some dude. Um, I, I'm just thinking, again, we're back to why. Like, how much are they getting paid to come fight in, in their 50s? Uh, who I, I don't know who Briggs is trying to fight. Someone's trying to come call him out. Rampage. Quentin Rampage. Rampage. Quentin. He's yeah. like, Quentin lives here in Irvine where I'm at. But Quentin, one, is not a boxer. And I, I don't know that he was ever uh, touted as a boxer, kind of like uh, Anderson Silva. Who can good, box? Good hands, but not a pro boxer. No. Not a boxer, right? So it's almost a mismatch at the start. But neither one of them have done anything in I don't know a decade. So now they're going to go out and they're going to fight each other. So what's at stake? How do they make the money? Is, is this a Troy thing? Would they make a percentage of the pay per view? You know, the, who knows what it is? But you know, Sean, I, I got to think like from the bodybuilding side, it would be absurd to think somebody. 20, 30 years after the career or whatever, step on stage and compete in bodybuilding again. Just doesn't make any sense on any level. In no. pro wrestling and pro fighting, there's this mentality, usually for worse, not for better, where they always think they have one more left. And yeah. the thing is, there's no one to say, well, you can't do it. Bodybuilding, I think it'd be, it's so subjective that you do it. You, you couldn't. It'd be silly. Yeah. I don't mean you, I mean whoever. It'd be silly to do it. Boxing and wrestling, you know, they're way below par at this point. Yeah, nine time, nine out of ten guys are still going to try, it, especially if there's cash on the barrel. And uh, again, not for better, usually for worse. Yeah, and it just seems like these guys are getting pimped out because they're being offered something that's probably a once in a lifetime offer, and then you got to go out and you got to sell the fight, which typically means you got to denigrate each other and talk yep. trash yep. and drag it into the gutter. Um, and yes, well, I, I Rampage is a master at that. He'll have fun. He always does. He never, but the fights never match up to the hype. Oh, God, no. Of course not. And, you know, is John, you're, Sean, John is like the walking, talking encyclopedia 
on everything wrestling and combat sports. I don't know how he's got so many like facts and names crammed into his head. John, has there been one celebrity fight ever that was like decent? Mm, not really. No, they're usually pretty not pathetic, but they're usually not that good. Even Logan Paul against uh, Floyd Mayweather, like you think, okay, maybe it might be okay. It was such a work. It, it, I don't know that that wasn't even good. You figure Floyd, he can at least make it look good, but it wasn't. It good wasn't good either. Yeah, I don't make fights, man. That wasn't a good one. Yeah, no, not so, at all. Sean, way back in the '80s, when I was first producing pay per view, this this is going to sound awful, but we were really close, believe it or not, to pulling off a pay per view with a double main event. The main event was going to be O.J. Simpson against Mark Furman after the verdict, if you can imagine <laughs> that. <laughs> right? That would have been big, right? Would have been yeah, huge. sure. And then the, the undercard of the second co-main was Rodney King and Stacey Coombs. That would have been crazy, right? Yeah, that would have been bananas, yeah. Probably not good, but it would have done big business, that's for sure. Oh, my God. Well, there was enough vitriol between all of those guys. It would have been just interesting to see them make it to the ring. <laughs> right. Right? And they had legitimate disagreements, right? I mean. Oh, it, yeah, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, big time yeah. heat. Yeah. I don't like it when you have these fights that are manufactured. And yeah. you just go after a guy and talk smack just to push those buttons. And they have nothing to do with anything. Um, uh, I want to see some some better fights, right? So. When I saw that guy uh, Briggs come up, and I'm looking at Rampage, I'm like these guys fighting from two different organizations, those fights never look good. You know, they don't. Not on their feet. Um, Anderson Silva is the only one that can in halfway boxing. I think he beat Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. So yep. Anderson's a legit boxer, not you know pro yeah. level, but pretty close. Yeah. He, he, Chavez he, Jr. was he's a his his own dad kind of gave up on him as a fighter. I think they had a big falling out because his dad pretty much was like, you know, you're 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 not making the right stuff. You know what I kind of wish for, and and John, I know you relate to this. You'll you'll know this movie. I think it was called The Condemned with Steve Austin, uh, where they flew a bunch of people, a bunch of felons to an island. Yes. Do you know yes. this movie, Sean? No. Vinny Steve Jones Austin is the bad show. guy. Yeah. Yes. And Nathan Jones and a bunch of others, they, they got all these like crazy condemned felons from different parts of the world and flew them to a uncharted island and then telecast a pay-per-view where they fought to the death. And wow. I'm like, you know, in, in 2016, rather than gone on with the debacle of, of an election, yeah. why could someone have not kidnapped Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, and flown them to that island and just let them <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, I think the bigger question is, is Rick, is how did we wind up out of all the people on the planet with those two? <laughs> and then four years later, we wind up with, you know, Trump and Biden. I mean, how did we wind up with, out of all our choices, these are the choices we have. No, well, now we're skirting the boundary of politics, which I try to avoid like the plague, but I, I did kind of bring it up. I just want to see Donald and Hillary fight to the death. That's why. <laughs> to the death. They used to be friends. Probably, I'd put my money on Hillary. Sure, they used to be friends, man. I know, right? It's uh, it's a crazy, crazy world we live in now. Have you guys noticed that people in general are becoming just like more checked out and more flaky than they've ever been before, or is that just me being overly sensitive? Because certain people didn't show up to my birthday party, for instance. Um, Ooh, but damn. that's all right. You know, a lot of great people did, and it's okay. But um, I mean, who do you who do you talk to these days that doesn't say, "Oh my God, I'm so busy. 
I can't do this because of that. And um, it's like, what's become of this world where nobody can like stop and smell the roses anymore? Yeah, you know, I think that takes a little bit of nurturing um, because everyone's so busy doing everything. They don't want to break out and do something that's like not on their schedule. Like it's the weekend. I got football. It's the weekend. I got my kids, uh, my kids thing, my daughter's thing. No one can really plan. The only way that this works, Rick, is you can get them out of their comfort zone and get them away from their house, like far enough away where you have their attention. Like if you hold it in your hometown, yeah, they'll, they may show up for five minutes and they might leave, but you literally got to get them to book a plane and a hotel and everyone's kind of held captive and everyone's involved in the same thing. And that's going to be a very small group. If you've got this many friends, my hands, I don't know how to fit into my screen. What's happening? If you have this many friends, something goes to this when you get, you have to spend money. I got to get a hotel. I got to get a car. I got to yeah. get a room. But you know what? When you get there, you might only wind up with three. And that may, that may be all you need because that's a little bit more focused. And I don't have a whole lot of faith in my wide range of friends. When you try to plan something on a big scale, uh, you can best believe that there's going to be these lame excuses of why they can't come and what else was more important. And then you're the one going to be disappointed. You're better off trying to plan something more intimate, yep. throw, cast out a, a big net, and hope you catch a couple. And maybe have a couple of friends instead of a lot of your friends. Because I know in this industry, you meet a lot of people. You think all these people are your friends. And then you get to the nitty gritty. And you realize that you have only a couple. Well, that couple is all you really need. So lower the expectation. Agree, which is why it's not bumming me out too much. Because you're so right. But Sean, it's like, so I had a big party in LA on Friday night. That Cameo threw for me at like this off the hook, um, like above Sunset Boulevard penthouse. It was really cool. I thought we would have about 150 people there. Turned out being maybe 75 to 100. Um, and then the next night was my more intimate dinner party for my birthday with 20 close friends, right? So that night, the 20 dropped down to 11. And these are long time close friends. But I can tell you this, Boss Hurton drove from Westlake to LA in Friday traffic. That's not an easy drive. Um, and he was concerned about riots over... Um, uh, uh, Kyle, what's his name, being acquitted. Yeah. Um, the next night uh, was my intimate dinner party in um, in San Clemente. Darren McBee's daughter, Malibu from the Gladiators, totaled his car the night before that. That motherfucker scrambled for a car like nobody's business and drove from Riverside to San Clemente to make my birthday. That's a which is job. great, you know? And then people that didn't make it, oh God, my friend's horse got sick and I need to sit up with it. I mean, it was it was one thing after another, and it's fine. I get it. They can't get their shit together. But you also notice that people have no hesitation to like lay all their shit on you these days because yeah. there wasn't one cancellation that was like, "Oh my God, Rick, I'm so sorry, I can't make it. Happy birthday, I love you. How can I make it up to you?" Everyone was like, "Oh my God, if you had any idea what I'm like, I don't want to hear your shit while you're canceling." It's like. Get your thought process. Yeah. But I can tell you, you, you got to lower the expectation, especially the older you get, because uh, here's the thing: you are you're you flew here from an island, so you have an itinerary, and you're trying to make this itinerary fit into everyone else's plan, and everyone else's plan isn't your plan, so you have to lower the expectation. And the ones that show up, you really know are legit. Like boss is a legit dude. Like he's mad when we're late up to sign on to this podcast, right? So. <laughs> right. 
Yep. Really, you can't find out who the reliable ones are. You can't dismiss those that fall away because at some point they'll come back around. It's just it's very hard uh, to be seriously reliant upon something that's fitting your timeline. I've done that before where, hey, man, I'm coming to Vegas. I'm going to meet this guy for breakfast. I'm going to meet this guy for lunch. I'm going to go over here to hit this gym. And, and you plan all that shit out. And my buddy, like, I got to pick my daughter up from gymnastics. I got to take my kid to, you know, and the next thing you know, you're by yourself, you know, in Vegas eating alone. Yeah. You know, the older you get, you got to be more comfortable with being alone and, and not really, if you carry that around, Rick, that people are letting you down on those types of things, you're going to have another, you're going to wake up, you're going to be 61. And well, good it, for you, man. Great perspective, Sean. I'm glad I brought it up. I, I processed it largely, but to be honest, it still is bothering me. And yeah. what you said, like, really resonates. So thank you for that. Well, yeah. in, in the real world of what we're watching, too, I mean, look, turn on the TV. You got this guy running over people, five people. He just ran them over and killed them. No, no, and he shouldn't have even been out. Like, he was arrested, like, the day before for beating up his girl or something like that. And then you got this football player that beats the hell out of his girlfriend. I mean, every time you turn the TV on, it's you. How much low can these people get? They're doing smash and grabs at Nordstrom's at the Grove in LA. Like you, you think it's like, there's so many cops out in LA. Like the last thing you want to do is go break into a Nordstrom and steal something. and think you're going to get away. They're showing up in packs and the threshold for a punishment is like, I don't know, for theft is like 950 bucks. So the, so if you steal something less than that, you get off, you're off the hook. I, think I, these- I just heard that when I was in LA for the first time. I absolutely could not believe that, but that's a real thing, isn't it? It is. It's a real thing. So they, these criminals know the law. Like, okay, if it's under nine hundred fifty dollars, I'm just going to give you a slap on the wrist. It's like you break into a Nordstrom's and you get caught. It doesn't matter if you stole five dollars; you're going to jail. That's how it should be. There's no fear. That's how it should be. Yep. Yeah. People are people are weird and flaky. You know. I, here's what I know. Other than John Paws, the only person that will never, ever, ever flake on me is Wilson. I know I can always fly. Hey, nice. Hey. Right? Yes, that's right. You know what they say? Sorry, people, what's that? All the time, people let you down, but the animals never do. Never. How yeah. many? No. Unless you have a bird. Your bird can bite you at any minute. You, you, just when you think you're comfortable, your bird, he catches your nose or your lip or your finger, man. Ah. Oh, so man. Breakfast plate. Wilson, so you might show him how you fight. John, where are you at? Thanksgiving tomorrow? What do you got going on? Go to my sister-in-law's, okay. New Jersey, of course. Right down the street. It's only 10 minutes away, thank God. Travel day in New Jersey is usually pretty crazy, so I'm, I'm happy and lucky that I'm pretty damn close. How's the weather there right now? Uh, today wasn't too bad. Yesterday was 30 degrees. Wow. So it was freezing yesterday, but today was about like 40, something like that, so not too bad. Coming from Hawaii, that's bananas, which is where uh, Rick is. Well, I get to watch my Raiders play tomorrow against the boys, the Cowboys. And, uh, Are they going to win or what? I'm not very optimistic. I'm not optimistic. It's, so <laughs> they got a lot of problems. For, yeah, they do. What are do. you doing for Thanksgiving, Sean? Uh, I'm going to go to my wife's family's in uh, Temecula. It's further than where you were near San Diego. It's a Temecula, good hour. Wine, wine I'm dreading to try. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's family. Oh. Uh, I mean, I'm home now till next week. I'll be in Toronto. What, what's in Toronto? We got another pro show in Toronto. Toronto is very similar to Hawaii. I should say Canada in terms of the whole COVID situation. But we do got bodybuilding up in Canada. And then I'll come back for an anti-aging clinic uh, December 11th to the 12th. Or December 11th to the 12th in Las Vegas. And then 
from Vegas I fly to the 40th NPC National Championships in Orlando, Florida. That's a show where I turned pro. I, I won the fifth fifth version of the NPC overall. Started in 1982. Amy won 1982. Bob Paris won in 83. Mike Christian, 84. 85 was Phil Williams. 86 was the South African Gary Stratum, and I was class 1987. That's where my career started. So who's so, who? Yeah, that's, that's for sure. This so, will be the 40th year. When is it, Sean? When is the event? This will be the 40th year of the NPC National Championships, which no, is where – when, No, but when is it? That's going to be December 17th and 18th in Orlando, Florida. Now, is that like – is that a show that attracts like all the classic people? They all come back to it? Um, what is you it know, like? we're, we're trying to get past champions to come to it, the ones that are available. Uh, but it's not a formalized thing. We're just uh, the athletes are talking uh, amongst each other to try to get there. Nick Walker said, that. "Do I think Nick Walker is going to be Mr. Olympia the next few years?" I can tell you that if he's at the rate he is going, he most definitely will be. He won the Arnold Classic this year. He shut a lot of people up. Top three in the Mr. Olympia Championships. He beat some very seasoned athletes. Nick Walker is the real deal. He could potentially win that contest. It's a matter of attrition. Sometimes you have to hang on long enough for other people to fall away. But this kid, Nick Walker, right now is a, is a big deal. And uh, we're, we're trying to get the past national champions just to kind of come out old school style, watch the new breed, see who the next national champions are going to be. Uh, I was 35 years ago. I turned pro, which is crazy when you put it in that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, Sean, for, um, for cameo business, you know how I hit you up saying, hey, can you connect me with this person? Can you connect me with that person? Roland Winkler, Paul Dillette. What show or event would I want to go to where the biggest concentration of those people would all be in the same place at the same time? The first weekend of March, <clears throat> the 33rd edition of the Arnold Classic, which is that trophy right over my shoulder. You can see it. I kind of I paraded around there. It is. Bam. That competition is going to come to us uh, the first week of March. And it's going to be the 34th anniversary of the Arnold Classic. And Kai, Kai Green won that show. Uh, Roly Winkler won I believe, the Australian version of that show. But everybody comes there, either they're competing or they're exhibiting there. And last year it was, I should say this year, 2021, the expo was canceled. Um, and it was canceled 2020. So it's going to come roaring back in 2022. Okay. Um, and the who's who of will be there. And the talent that you're talking about will be easily accessed. Uh, for the cameo, yeah, they'll they'll be there. Is that where's that Ohio? Columbus, Ohio, okay. which is where Arnold Schwarzenegger won the nineteen seventy five Mr. Olympia Championships way back when I was ten years old. Who's, <laughs> I was there. who's a producer of that event? Is it an organization? Is it one person? How does that? Work? I got all the contact information, and I'm going to send it to you to make sure that you get to go check that out. I actually MC Rick the amateur version of the Arnold Classic simultaneously within the. Expo weekend and the pro weekend. So the amateurs, we have up to 500 athletes. You know, seeing that at that point will be four months into being on this new platform, which is going to seriously raise our profile. Any chance we might be able to do a edition of Talking Tub from there? Absolutely. Why not? We're mobile. That would be cool. We'd bring yeah. Get Butterbean. I can tell you, uh, Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture, um, Chuck Zito, all of those guys come through. Marcus Allen, the football player, 
All those guys come through the Arnold Classic weekend. Don the Dragon, remember this guy, Don the Dragon Wilson. I know, I know Don Wilson, of course, sure. Oh, yeah. The Who's Who comes through the Arnold Classic uh, weekend, including Sylvester Stallone. So Arnold has a lot of friends. Triple and uh, Butterbean and Boss Rutten would be a welcome addition to that platform, uh, personality-wise, because they would be amongst other people of very similar accomplishments. Of course, Evander Holyfield's been there as well. So I'll make sure you get all the information on the Arnold Classic weekend in Columbus. Great, thank you. Now, as busy as you must be there, Sean, would it make sense for you to do a talking talk while you're there? Absolutely. I mean, depending on the day, right? So the weekend gets started out there on the front. Thursday is like Meet the Athletes, Friday and Saturday. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday show. Okay, um, great. The things start popping off on Thursday. I usually get there on the Wednesday night. But I, I definitely have – there's windows of opportunity, and it would be kind of cool if we did something on location. Nice. Something to look forward to. Great. Fantastic. Yeah. Good. Triple and H John, and Stephanie you, McMahon uh, were there too. I yeah, Triple H. Triple H, absolutely. Stephanie. Everybody's been there. As a matter of fact, they used to hold UFC fights on that weekend. I remember uh, – what's the guy, Bigfoot? Tim Silva is the name? Oh, uh, Tim Silvio. Yeah, he lost – I think he either lost or he beat up Randy Couture. Uh, one one of each, I think, if I remember correctly. John, is that yeah. right? I, I know that Randy's big comeback when he was considered washed up is he beat, beat Sylvia for the that, that happened in Columbus, Ohio, right after uh -huh. the I, I came from the competition to go watch that. I remember feeling really good about him uh, taking that guy out. That was that was a great night. Turns out Tim Sylvia is actually a really cool dude. Um, who knew? But really good guy. And uh, Randy was a better man that night. It was a really cool thing to see that's for sure you know who disappeared i've always been curious to find out what happened with matt hughes what's the latest on him i haven't heard any updates or anything he had the accident and, and just disappeared john can you fill us in he just did a signing in new york city oddly enough wow. so he just still does autograph signing and stuff but i knew he had some cte issues yeah, he was going through some mental health problems. Seems like hopefully that corrected it, but he did have a, an abuse case against him. So hopefully they cleared that away. And I guess it was some sort of mental health breakdown, but he was doing an autograph signing not that long ago. Yeah, Sean, did I tell you this guy's an encyclopedia or what? He he just <laughs> knew he just knew that Matt Hughes did a signing in New York and had this case against him. John, that's amazing. I don't know how you where you get all this stuff, man. Useless knowledge. Useless stuff. <laughs> Yeah, his game. I remember I used to watch him fight, and he, uh, all those guys, on a classic weekend. Some of them came to the Olympia weekend as well. You know, Tito and all those guys—they're very familiar with the bodybuilding and supplement industry. Well, we'll be there. We'll make it happen. John, how are your shows going, man? What's happening with the Two Man Power Trip Podcast Network? Very good. Keeping very busy. I was just talking to your buddy Kevin Sullivan earlier uh, today. <laughs> We were actually talking about the Stinger, of all people. So that was a good time. Basically an hour and 15 minutes just on Sting. So some good stuff. With, with the satanic Kevin Sullivan? Yes. Well, he was That's the booker great. of WCW, so he knows Sting pretty damn well. Of course. Kevin, uh, Sean, was a guy who had a devil gimmick in pro wrestling and was uh, very, very over with it. And truly one of the nicest guys you could ever meet. He... Um, when I lived in Orlando, he used to come to Pleasure Island, the property I ran, with his uh, with his wife at the time, Nancy, who, of course, was like Chris Benoit's wife. We all know what happened there. 
and they would uh, often bring their daughter and a very young Ashley Flair with them. Ashley. So it was uh, Charlotte many, uh, many moons before she was Charlotte. She was a tiny little kid, and those are good people. And uh, so, John, what else? You have how many shows do you have now with uh, Two Man Power Trip? Oh, man, I do about 10, to be honest. So I do my own show, The Two-Man Power Trip, and I do a few interviews a week on that show. Uh, just had on Jeff Jarrett. So some pretty good guys that have been on recently. Uh, then I do the Kevin Sullivan Show. I do a show with Dr. Tom Pritchard. Uh, Justin Incredible do a show, show with Dutch Mantel. I do a show about the business with this guy, Lobby Margolin. So I've got a lot of stuff, almost too much stuff. My wife says too much stuff going on. <laughs> That sounds like a lot of stuff. Well, yeah, I know you do a good job and you keep it together, man. So, so good on you. So, Sean, you, I, I think um, we, we probably should wrap pretty soon. Um, so, I'm going to ask you a big, heavy question because you're so on point this week. Yeah. What, what, what is your, what is your grandest hope for humankind in the next few years here? Well, I mean, I'd like to see people not do this, you know, cancel culture. You know, about two weeks ago, I got caught up with the cancel culture. The same way that Dave Chappelle did, and uh, uh, before him, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And September, you know, Arnold uh, said, "Screw your freedoms," and every, you know, a lot of people came for him in the bodybuilding world too. They wanted to like throw away his pictures, denounce his uh, his weekend out in Columbus, Ohio, and you know, he's talking about people just being more responsible and trying to be careful. And we're talking about a pandemic, and he's like, you know. It was taken out of context. He wasn't even talking to the bodybuilding community, but a lot of people in the bodybuilding community were trying to cancel him. I watched Dave Chappelle's Netflix special and transgender community wanted to cancel him. I mean, listen, when when you got to censor a comedian from comic comedy, I mean, it's no longer comedy, right? Like, I'm going there to laugh. I mean, uh, Richard Pryor made a living off of talking shit. I mean, uh, Archie Archie Bunker, you know, he, he, he was oh, – one of the, he's on television. He's a straight up racist, right? I mean, did you imagine Archie Bunker in 2021? Wow. Yeah, but I'm saying if you can't laugh at some things that you know, we laugh at some of the real, most realest shit, right? Like the realest stuff we laugh at when it's told by a comedian. And so they come for Dave Chappelle because he's talking about the transgender, the you know, thing, and he's not being politically correct for whatever. But I'm watching this play out where people are literally trying to come and get him canceled. Like he's a comedian. You're not going to get Dave Chappelle. Cancel. As a matter of fact, he just got nominated for a Grammy. And so you're not going to cancel it. His popularity in comedy just is too tough. So here I am caught up in talking about a passing of a bodybuilder where we were talking about anabolics that he was taking. And, you know, in my head, I remembered the guy was a, a former recovered alcoholic. But I used the word that I think he had some rec I think he had some drug issues. I meant, I meant to say alcohol issues. But we were talking about steroids and I said the word drugs. It got misconstrued to recreational drugs and everyone that loved this champion was turning on me because I painted him out to be a drug addict. Um, but we were talking about drugs and, you know, 46 years old, the guy's gone and it's made me a little bit too soon. So here I'm on Instagram and I got genuine fans that were trying to cancel me out. And when I say that, it's like, how do you cancel someone? You say the most vile, vicious, nasty, the wrong, wrong died. Uh, I hope you get cancer. I, I hope just wishing who takes the time to write that to another individual that you've never probably met that you might've been a fan of. Like, I would never say that to Arnold, screw your freedoms. Oh yeah. I hope you die. Like this is what people are able to do. Time. So what do I hope back to your question is 
what I hope is that just people breathe a little bit, like relax. We're this COVID has people thinking and feeling some kind of way. You're look, people have made small fortune being cooped up in their homes because of COVID. Families have some somehow been repaired and reunited because they had to stay at home and deal with each other. Uh, people have gotten very ingenuitive and created businesses and they realize they don't have to go out into the real world because they've been home and they became very creative. So I think when these people are cooped up and you're stuck on your cell phone and you're on your computer and you're trying to get into other people's business, take a step back. If you're not going to say something good, don't say nothing at all. You know, and if somebody makes a mistake, give them a chance to correct it. And you know what? You're going to make a mistake too. And you don't want the whole world coming for you when you make that mistake because us three talking is us three talking, but we know this is going to go viral, right? We know people are watching it. We know people are going to share it. We know things are going to get dissected and disseminated and people are going to have their own opinion on it. But do you then run back to the internet and to voice your opinion? Like I used to watch shitty movies that I paid 10 bucks to watch and I'd leave the theater and I'd be pissed. But five minutes later, I forget that I lost the 10 bucks and I forget about the stupid movie. I didn't go to the internet and go boycott that movie. That actor sucks and don't waste your time. I didn't stand out front and pick it. That seems to be where we're at now. When people get angry, they got to voice their opinion. And nine times out of 10, they got to try to get people to share that opinion. And I think we just need to calm down. We're going into the holidays. We lost a lot of people. We're losing a lot of people. We're being exposed to a lot of negative stuff. Try to be a light. Try to find something positive. Try to find something good and try to contribute. That's what I wish. Man, I would. I don't even want to comment after that. I, I would like to leave it right there. Or some, I, I'm with you. That's beautiful, Sean. Words of wisdom from Sean Ray. Everybody out there, be nice. Try to be nice, please. Uh, guys, next week we're uh, we're back with uh, Boss Rutten and Butterbean. I will. Um, we will soon announce our guest lineup for the next month. It's a great lineup. We have a big announcement of the new platform coming, and. Uh, Great stuff to come. Sean, thanks for that wrap-up, man. That was great. Yeah, man. You guys have a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Happy Sean, Thanksgiving. Thanks for joining us. John Paul. <laughs> Good night. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye-bye. Have a Ciao, say. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody. He's going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that.